welcome to the Creative Collective Podcast. This is Kelly, and we're so glad you're here today. I'm here along with my co-host, Jen, and we are so excited to welcome Rachel Newman. Rachel is a best-selling author and certified life coach. Her specialty is helping moms prioritize themselves and create joy in motherhood. Rachel is a mom to three, a five-year-old, and three-year-old twins. After earning a bachelor's and master's in German, Rachel taught German and wrote curricula for eight years. Upon the arrival of their twins, she transitioned into full-time momming. After two and a half years thriving as a stay-at-home mom, Rachel is now back in education at her alma mater, Texas Tech University in Lubbock, Texas. Welcome, Rachel. We're so glad you're here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So we love learning about you and want to know a little bit more about your journey in motherhood and what inspired you to focus on prioritizing self-care and to share that experience with others. Yeah. So I think initially, I mean, we all start out as new moms and have really no idea what's going on at the beginning. If we're being honest, we have this like expectation But oftentimes, once you're in it, it looks very different than what your expectations were. And for me, this really kind of struck home when we had the twins. And so when we had the twins, my oldest was not even 19 months old. So it was in the middle of 2020, which is just the best year to have children. So I'm transitioning to staying at home. I have now have three under two, and I'm doing this all by myself. And I just felt overwhelmed completely out of my element. I go from a teaching profession to staying at home with toddlers all day. And I just had no idea who I was. I was so resentful of everything and there was no joy. So slowly I went through a process with different trainings and different readings. And I was like, I have to get myself out of this. And I eventually did find my way out of that. And in conversations with several close friends and other moms through mom groups and different organizations, I realized I was not alone. And once I had that realization, I was like, okay, well, this needs to be shared. This is something if I'm not alone and other moms are not talking about it, maybe I need to start the conversation. So that kind of led me to the idea of putting my story out there. I did that for several years on Instagram in the thick of it. And then at the end, middle of April, May last year, I decided finally like, okay, I'm going to write this into a book very accessible. And that that's where we are is it is a book, people can read it. Feedback is awesome. And I'm just really excited to make other moms feel seen and heard. That's amazing. I just think about being a mom of kids back when I had kids that were that little. First of all, I never had twins. So I cannot share in that joy with you. But But when I had kids that were under, you know, five and under, I had like, I feel like in that season, very little to give (laughs) to others because I was kind of tapped out emotionally and in all the ways. So I think it's just so cool that you found the space in there inside of yourself and your heart and your journey to be able to share that with others. That's just a really, I think, a unique thing. Well, thank you. It's I I felt really that 
you know, if someone had been there to walk hand in hand with me while I was going through it, it wouldn't have felt so isolating. It may not have been as challenging to get myself out of it. But I think there is still that issue of moms like, yes, um, in the hindsight, we'll all talk about this and say, oh, yeah, well, it was kind of hard at the time. But, you know, we're further down the line. There's no one walking side by side with you when you were in the thick of it that has maybe just a couple months experience on you or something like that, where they can kind of help guide you out of that. And it just made perfect sense with my teaching background. Like I love helping other people. And if I can share my experiences and help somebody else not suffer the way that I did, I'm going to do that. Yeah. I have to say I'm, am a little bit right in the thick of it right now because I do have two under five right now. And one of the things that I struggle with is prioritizing myself. There are so many demands in motherhood <laughs> apart from everything else going on in life and, you know, business as well. So do you think it's crucial for mothers to prioritize themselves? So I think it really comes down to you can't serve other people without serving yourself. And I know that's super cliche to say that like, fill your own cup before you take care of other people's or the whole, you know, you're on an airplane and put your air mask on first before you put out somebody else's on. But that really is true. You are going to show up as a better version of yourself for the people that you're serving, your family, if you have taken care of yourself first. I know that that's the number one thing I can always kind of gauge when I'm a little short with my children, my patience is gone. I'm a little resentful with whatever's going on at home. It's because I haven't been filling my own cup. I haven't been making sure that I am taken care of. And I don't just mean like I've worked out, I've had the food, I've showered today. I mean, socially, emotionally, physically, spiritually, all of these ways I have taken care of myself. So that way I can show up as my best self for everyone else. Yeah. I love that you touched on the fact that it's not surface level things. It's not you know, like you said, did I clean myself today? <laughs> that sort of thing. Like you actually are kind of going deeper, which I think goes further into that deeper connection that you could have with your children. You know, if I'm prioritizing myself and I'm able to show up emotionally, however that may be, maybe then my child can recognize it. And maybe I'm setting them up for success in order to be, you know, in the future prepared to handle those sort of situations or emotions and things like that. But yeah, I know prioritizing is just one of those things that I think inherently all moms just, we just don't do. And it's not, it's not good, but it's just one of those things that just happens. And it's such a struggle. It really just, it's a, it's a battle all the time, it seems. It is. And that's one of the things, you know, that people say that you, it just gets easier. And I don't think that's true. I think you just learn to adapt and mm -hmm. you over time, pick up the skill set required to come out of it and be able to prioritize yourself a little bit better. I mean, obviously, when you have a newborn at home, how you prioritize yourself is going to look different than when your children are a little bit older, maybe a little bit more capable of, you know, doing something by themselves for a few seconds, sleeping through the night, all of these things kind of change the way that you prioritize yourself. But at the end of the day, you, you your home doesn't function well without a functioning mom. And you need all of those components of yourself working to be what you need to be. Like you, you are the foundation of the home. And it just makes sense to me that you'd have to prioritize yourself. Now, granted, obviously depends on how we're going to do that in which season. And that's where I think is the struggle, right? Like how, how do I make sure I'm doing this 
we can say we're going to do it, but how do we actually go through and actionably do it? I have so many thoughts right now. Okay. So like first I'm thinking about that season of my life. I'm thinking of like this season of my life too. There are some similarities. There are challenges to both seasons. I think one of the things that I remember about that time, which is just kind of funny to say it this way, but like is like, I mean, I look back and I'm like, it was such a blur. Like it was just like survival mode. Like I think that was how I, (laughs) that was how I lived day to day. It was like just do the minimum (laughs) get through the day and so i'm actually wondering if you have any like practical strategies or tips that you found effective for these moms or people who are in these situations that they're feeling like they're in survival mode and they need to make self-care a priority yeah absolutely There are many, many different ones that we can talk about, but I think it's easy to start with just saying that it's okay to just pick one area to start with, something simple, something small that you can be consistent with and show up for yourself every day. This doesn't have to be a grand, like, going to go get a massage once a month. That's not realistic for most of us, but it can be as simple as I'm going to take 10 minutes by myself every day to just sit here in silence if that's what you need because you're auditorially overstimulated, whatever it is. Maybe you want, you know, to sit with a cup of coffee and have it while it's still hot and nobody bothers you. That could be a thing. For me, I always find that I function best when I serve myself before other people. And what that looks like is I wake up at least 30 minutes before my children, not to do anything overly crazy, like I could, but most days it literally looks like I'm just waking up and making myself a functioning human being before I have to go wake up my children and get through the whole routine. So it can be something as simple as just sitting down and having a couple minutes to yourself. You could do an elaborate routine if that's what serves you. I'm not saying do that if it doesn't serve you, but it is really starting with just one simple thing that's going to make you feel like a human being today that's going to bring you a little bit of joy and make you feel like you were calm and in a place where you are ready to serve others. So like, here, here's the thing, because I'm in a place in my life where I know the things now. I'm aware, self-aware of things that bring me joy. There have been times in my life where I was not aware. Like, I was like, I don't know, just not doing the things that don't bring me joy. <laughs> So like what what like for those people who maybe just really don't know like how like how would you suggest to them that they could like tune in to the things that might bring them joy Yeah so and I completely relate to that like the things that brought me joy before having children are nothing like the things that bring me joy now and it could be something like so for me for example I used to love watching crime shows I can't go near a crime show now. There are too many things involving children. Like that's off my list. And it's okay to recognize that like this might not be what used to bring you joy, might not bring you joy. And you may sit there and say, I have no idea. And that's an okay place to be because that gives you an opportunity to start looking at other things that could bring you joy. Maybe it is sitting there and picking up a book. If you 
you know, never read this style of book before or something, it gives you a chance to explore. And I think that is also a really exciting thing is you get to create this new quote unquote new you here, you get to explore what brings you excitement now. And it could be maybe you like sewing, maybe you want to go for a run, maybe you want to literally just sit here and explore different wonderful flavors of coffee. I have no idea. And that's that's the part that is really nice is you get to, you know, make a list of a couple of things that you would maybe want to try. Explore those, crack them off the list if they don't work, but eventually you're going to find something. And that's one of the things it's like, it's so individualized, but the method is still pretty similar. It's just start with something that maybe did bring a little bit of joy, see if it still does. If it doesn't, table it and try a couple of different things until you do eventually find something. Yeah, I I appreciate what you said there about it's okay if you don't know at this point what brings you joy. Like, don't be so hard on yourself. Like just giving yourself the grace is, I feel like give yourself grace is just everything that I need to continue to tell myself. One of the other things too is there are so many times that I feel so overwhelmed. Like earlier, I was actually doing math about, okay, is it time for another bottle? And I literally counted like the times of like, these are the times that I know that like, okay, every three hours is supposed to be this. And then I was like, wait a second then I need to like plan for this other, you know, bedtime. And I was just so overwhelmed because there's just, there's a lot going on right now. So just with everything, all the, just the things every day, the responsibilities, how do you approach and navigate overwhelm in your own life? And what are those like key strategies that moms can implement just to kind of help with those topics? So one, I feel for you. That is a very tough season <laughs> to begin. I yeah. completely relate. Um, one of them, I think Kelly, you just brought it up too about having these expectations and in certain seasons, we have to adjust those. And it sounds like we're pretty similar, Jen, in that we have a way that we want to do this. We want to have it planned and we don't like it when things don't go according to our plan. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. So what I learned I had to do was something has to give and it's okay to let something go. For me, that looks like I, I'm a person who wants to have a very clean kitchen. That is like the one area of the house that I want to have clean, but that's not a realistic thing to have happening with toddlers all the time. So it's adjusting. So I'm not saying lower the expectation, but adjust the expectation to fit the season you're in. Maybe it is that there's going to be a couple piles of laundry in the house. Maybe it is I can't do everything, even though I want to do everything. And I need to learn to say no to something. Obviously, there are things you can't say no to, but you can say no to extra stuff. What I really do, I lean on my partner. And this is something I'm obviously I'm fortunate to have my partner, but we work as a team. We have a discussion regularly on what is working, what is not when I was pregnant with the twins and my oldest was still in that 18 month sort of using milk bottle area, I couldn't wash bottles anymore. It literally made me gag. And since that day, he has been taking over the dishes. Like I still can't do them. So that's his area that he has taken over. And we kind of just navigate that and play back and forth. Hey, you've got this. I've got this and just work it together. It's really having that open communication and knowing that it's okay for things to not be as perfect as we want them to be. Yeah, I think removing perfection from it is so key. I'm very, very much very similar to what you're saying. Like lean on my partner. He is very helpful 
he even asked me tonight, like, how are you doing? What do you need? And I was like, oh, okay, thanks. (laughs) Appreciate that. But at the same time, like we have also recognized like when we're trying to like keep our calendars in line with work and kids stuff and everything, we've been looking into like a new calendar system kind of thing. And even that feels overwhelming. And it's like, why are there so many options? Why are there so many things going on? Why are there so many things? It can just, it, it can almost spiral at times. And I just, for anyone listening, like this, this is what part of what Kelly and I had hoped was like, everybody could have an open window into this is real life. This is what's happening. These things are happening in people's lives. So I appreciate you speaking on that for sure. Definitely. And I can relate with the schedules and the calendars and it's something that, I mean, to be honest, like Craig and I, my husband and I don't have it hundred percent figured out. We have what works for us in a season and then we're going to have to readapt. Here in a couple of weeks, we're having our annual end of the year meeting where we're talking about what does and doesn't work. And there are quite a few things on the doesn't work this year list that we're going to be changing for 2024. So it's kind of recognizing, like you're saying, there's so many options. Not all of them are going to fit. It's okay to start with something and then need to adjust and know like it's a learning process. We're all learning. All the schedules are adapting all the time and really just you know, having that open line of communication and expecting things to kind of have that learning curve moment. I think that really helps take the pressure off. It adjusts the expectations and it, it removes, like you said, it removes that perfection from the equation. So one of the things I just thought about is how this is kind of how I'm wired is that I have what I've heard to refer to as like the invisible ticker that's going on in my brain, which is like the list of just all the things that need to be done. And other people don't have that, don't function that way, do not have a ticker, just it does not exist. Right. And so just finding ways to balance that, like the, that in invisible ticker, because I think for me, what I do is overwhelm myself with the list in my head. <laughs> and then I get to the point where I'm just like, I can't do, I can't, there's no way I'm going to get to all of these things. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to skip this all completely. How do you, in terms of, I don't know if this is something you've experienced at all. So maybe this is like completely new language. Okay. So like, how do you address that? Because I do feel like that's a very real thing. And I first heard about the invisible ticker from one of my favorite podcasts. We could do hard things with uh, Glennon Doyle and her partner, Abby Wambach. And they, they share about the ticker because Glennon has the ticker and Abby does not. And so at first, you know, it was like Glennon was just like overwhelmed and she's just like, well, why don't you know about my ticker? (laughs) Why don't you realize all the things that need to be going on that are in my head? Right. And, and I think that sometimes that can create a little bit of friction and tension, like, especially in running like the business of a household. Do Mm -hmm. you have like any experience with that? And like, do you have any insight as to what can help balance that a little bit? 
Oh, definitely. Like you, this is literally a glimpse at what's going on in my brain on a daily basis. I've never heard it called that phrase before though. So like that, going to go Google that some more. <laughs> um, so I look at it as spaghetti brain versus waffle brain. Some people have like the compartmentalization of a waffle, right? And then other people have the spaghetti where it's all like running together flowing. So that's how I've heard it explained. But yes, I am the exact same way. I think most moms are still, their brains are running that way because we are just naturally societally conditioned, if you will, to take over the household tasks. We manage the calendars for the kids. We are the people that know when they need to be changing clothes and who has shoes in the right size, all of these things. And one, I think recognizing that that is a mental load that we are carrying helps when you're vocalizing that and you communicate that with your spouse. I think that helps it, even if it doesn't take it off your plate, it helps the other person see, hey, this is what I am doing. And they can also kind of chime in. And at least I know when I say something about it, my husband's like, wow, I never realized there were that many steps into figuring out how to go to gymnastics on Wednesdays or whatever. <laughs> like he literally has no idea. And that's okay. But once you say something, I think they can kind of become involved in that too. So I think that step one is definitely vocalizing it, knowing you're not alone. Step two for me is really I keep a literal running piece of paper. Well, it's a digital piece of paper. I keep it on my iPad or my phone. Um, It's the same little notes. But anyway, I keep it there when I think of something that I need to do. I just dump it into that list. So it's not in my brain anymore, but I know I can come back to it later. Now, granted, if you're driving, that doesn't always work. But most of the time, like throughout the day, I'll be at work and I'll think of something like, oh, hey, I need to call the doctor for you know one of the kids to do X, Y, Z. I just write that in my list. That helps me know that it's there. It's okay if I don't get to every single thing on the list. That is one thing. I'm an Enneagram one. I'm not sure if y'all are familiar, but it's that's perfectionist tendencies. If there's a list there, I need to check everything off. And that's part of that. I need to learn that it's okay to just, it's okay to leave it on the list, knowing that you will get to the list. If it's not a priority right now, it doesn't need to be done this second. And I think that was one of the things that really helped was kind of shifting that mindset of, everything's a priority. If everything is a priority, nothing is a priority. And it's okay to take some things and, you know, they they exist, you need to do them, but they may not be do right nows. Hmm. Absolutely. I think those things we've heard before on the podcast, just taking the things that are in overwhelm in our brains and making them physical. So if that's, you know, writing it with pen and paper or putting it on a digital list, but in some way, getting it out of your head and onto something physical or digital that so you can kind of transfer, like you said, like that mental load and just help like put it in writings to even clarify, like what is even causing the overwhelm. And a lot of times I think it is like more in our heads than it is when we actually like get it out. So on that subject, let's talk about time management because I know this can be like a challenge for most. So what, if any strategies do you recommend that are effective for managing time while still prioritizing yourself and family? Yeah, absolutely. So this is actually with my collegiate students. I specialize in helping them with their time management. So this is definitely my wheelhouse. I'm sure many people are familiar with what 
block scheduling looks like, right? Where you take all of these fixed time items and you put them on the schedule and you kind of like play around with it. I realize that it is like an outdated thing and it sounds like a giant pain in the rear to do, but it is actually the most effective way to see exactly where your time is going. And I don't recommend doing it every single day, but taking a basic, like this is what this week looks like. This is a general week. These are all the activities that we have going in this season. This is when I am at work. This is when my husband's at work. This is when I generally like to do X, Y, Z. And seeing that on a schedule, just like on a week plan, you know, factoring in, this is when I like to wake up. This is when I like to sleep. This is when I do my best brain work, whatever it happens to be. Seeing that visualized really helps put it into perspective, like how much time you're actually working with and where you're wasting your time. Because that's the thing is, we have the ability to prioritize anything we want. Like if you want to prioritize family, absolutely, it is doable. If you want to have intentional time with each kid and your spouse, and you want your time for yourself, you can do all of those things. It may not be every single day, but there is space. We're all working with the same time. We can all do it. We just need to be intentional with seeing our time and plugging it in. So once I have that week laid out, I always block in, this is my time. My time is before the kids wake up. I always block in a minimum of 30 minutes. I realize that in certain seasons, that's not an option. It could be during nap time. It could be the 30 minutes before you go to bed. Like you have 30 minutes somewhere in your day. It might not be 30 minutes altogether, but you have chunks of time where you can do something for yourself. You can block in like Wednesdays, we're gonna have family dinner night or whatever it is that's important to you And that's the thing is what is your priorities? You got to get clear on those, get them blocked in your schedule, put them on your schedule like they're a date and then honor them like that. If you say this is a priority for you, show up like it is. And that kind of makes the big difference is seeing it, visualizing it, prioritizing what you say is a priority. So do you recommend doing this like on like (laughs) pencil and paper, like I'm guessing you mean like organize. So when you say time blocking, you mean like nine to 10 o'clock mm. or nine to nine 30 or whatever it is. You mean like piecing out the day. Yes. I do. Yes. And I don't mean to do it. Like once you have a feel for it, you don't need to do it every week. I'm, I'm, I'm not recommending it every week. I work with my students on this, doing it consistently for about a month until they get a feel for it. And it's, I mean, at this point, I don't do it unless something changes, right? Like we switch an activity or my work schedule changes or something like that. So once you have a pretty set, this is the schedule, this is, I call it a template. This is the template for what a week is going to look like. You don't really need to do it as much, but I think it does help. And of course it's not rigid. If something changes, you can play around with that, but it does help to see where you're already committed to things for you to also see, like for me, example, this week, I'm overloaded. (laughs) I had three things on Thursday that just happened to all coincide on Thursday. And I had to go and say no to things because I scheduled something really far in advance, had no idea that it was coming up this week because it wasn't on my schedule because somebody who should also be using the shared calendar wasn't using the shared calendar. That's a different story. Thank you, husbands. However, we had to adjust that schedule, but that it's nice to know that, hey, we have this activity 
every single week on Thursday. I can't schedule other things at this time. So when you can see that laid out as your template, I like doing it on paper because you can easily change things around. I've done it digitally. You could get really creative and do it on a giant whiteboard, whatever method is going to work for you. But it really does help to see what your structured time activities are and then what your time, where you're going to fit in the time for you. Yeah. I just, from my personal experience, I roughly do time blocking and it's pretty helpful. Like for instance, the days that our daughter's in school, I mean, obviously I know she's in school for, you know, these days at these times, but it's helpful for me to see that and then know, okay, you know, X amount of time like before that and X amount of time before the end of that, I have to account for like travel time. So if I'm trying to schedule something in there, I have to make sure that I can align appropriately and then also like coincide with nap time for our other kid and also work stuff. And then if my husband has stuff going on with his work, making sure like if he needs something and it is very, it's very tricky at times to try and like fit everything in. But having those constraints, I have to say, is very helpful because then usually there are some times where I'm like definitely overbooked myself. But a lot of times just having that in place, I think it's just super helpful. Um, well, and like you were saying, like you already have that going in your brain. We all do yeah. it. We all know yeah. I need 15 minutes to get to the grocery store or whatever yeah. it is. When you see it on paper, that's when you really realize this is where my time is going. You know, I think it really helps. It it makes it also feel, at least for me, it feels more seen like, hey, I am doing all of these things. Like, yeah, there's no, I, I like to call it, I don't feel like I'm doing something purposeful when I'm like traveling 10 minutes to work or I stopped at the grocery store for whatever, right? Like it doesn't feel like I achieved something, but you really yeah. did. And then when you see it on paper, it, it's a lot. One, you know what times you're playing with, but I also feel like giving fulfillment of like, I have done these things today. Like, yeah, that's amazing. I made it through all this stuff. So I do definitely relate to like that helps. And it also feels good to see that. Yeah, for sure. One of the things that also I feel like we've kind of danced around, but haven't, I don't know if we've actually said the word is balance. (laughs) Balance is just a fresh term. There is so much that has to be balanced every single day, not just with ourselves, but with our kids, with our families, with our, like our spouse, our partner, you know, business people that we work with, things like that. And it's just, it's so tricky and it can be so overwhelming. So how do you recommend being able to identify and strike that balance between, you know, personal interests, being a mom, having a career, how do you just kind of balance it all? Full disclosure, I don't like the word balance for this because I don't feel like it's ever balanced. I feel like it's more a juggling act and in in a good way, different things are going to be prioritized at different times. And I think when we're trying to balance something, it means like everything has an equal weight. And I don't think it always does at the same time. So an example here, right? In a season where I was working very hard on my book, I would make that a little bit more of a priority than a few of the other things. And it's okay to put some other things 
on the back burner temporarily to go after a goal. I think in business, we do that a lot or our professions, we do that a lot where we say, okay, I'm working really hard on this for right now. It's okay to take a step back from something else. So for example, I'm involved in several organizations here in town and I had to step back a little bit from that, not remove myself completely, but step back a little bit. I think when it comes to balancing your balancing or juggling, however you want to phrase it, your personal well-being with family time and all of these, it's also going to be kind of having that communication with your partner and saying, okay, look, you really got this going on on Mondays. I can take over some of this on Mondays. And then on Wednesdays, I need you to help with this. So it's kind of knowing maybe you're not going to get to every single thing every single day. But somewhere in that week, you're going to make sure that you are taking care of the things that are your priorities. A way, just as an example of how we actually do this, because I can say all these things, but it doesn't, doesn't give you a concrete example. For, so for example, on Mondays, my husband and I intentionally take time after work and we just focus on playing with the kids. Like we don't do anything as far as housework or any of that stuff goes while the kids are awake on Mondays. Tuesdays, that is when we're kind of also like playing catch up throughout the house. So the kids will help us clean up and do different things. Like we like to involve them in that. So we're doing all of those things together, right? So that's the housework thing. And it's kind of deciding who's going to do what and when. Wednesdays is usually my evening where I am really grinding things out. And that's when I will do my work. And Craig, my husband, will take on some more of the duties with the kids. Thursday is a big activity day with the kids. So I don't plan anything personal on those days because that's when we're going with them. Friday, that's where we flip-flop. My husband does some of his work stuff or whatever he wants to do, and I hop in with the kids. So it's kind of playing a little bit of that balancing game, coordinating with your partner, and then really just knowing like it's it's okay to not do everything in one single day, designating days to do stuff. I guess that's a good way to phrase it. I like to designate days for things versus everything needs to get done today, right? So I some people may be like, oh, on Saturday, we're doing all of the laundry on Saturday. That is not me. I don't like having that much laundry on a Saturday, but I will do like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'll do a load of laundry on each of those days and then it's done. Like it's just part of the routine that you establish. And once that routine is kind of established, it's just part of the flow. It's kind of a lot of information right there at one time. Yeah. I mean, I think the important thing is what I hear you saying is just establishing what is going to work for your situation, your specific things that you have on your ticker that you have on your list going on that whatever creates that not balance, but <laughs> juggling <laughs> act different, insert different word, what, whatever creates that in your routine that is sustainable too, because, right. Because I'm listening to you say all this and I'm like, there's no way because by Wednesday I'm burnout. <laughs> like by Wednesday, that's the time where I'm supposed to be doing all my, all my work, but like I've, or I'm, I'm burnout. And so like, I would have to like rework some things if this is right. If like I was you in this situation, and I think that's probably 
something to keep in mind too is like what works for one person may not necessarily work for the next person. And it's all about like kind of, I think, establishing, like trying out something and then saying like, that didn't work. Now let's, let's try something different, right? Yeah, that's exactly what it is too. And the key there is being sustainable. I think everybody has a place where they can get to some sort of routine that is sustainable, that works for them, that gives them a little bit more peace with that. And like you said, it's going to look different for everybody. Everybody's season is different. Everybody's plate has different things on it. Everybody has different levels of support in doing that. And I think that is one thing we absolutely need to factor in is it's okay to play with something and have it not work and toss it out the window and say, yeah, no, that one's not for me. But then you still need to continue trying to find something that is going to bring you to that level of not overwhelmed. And like I said, I I do think it comes down to starting small, consistent, sustainable. And once you've got one of those things in place, and for me, I, I like to focus on taking care of myself first before I take care of anybody else. Like I don't care right now. There's probably like five loads of laundry that are chilling in a basket that need to be folded. And that's okay with me at this point in my life because it's more important to me that I spend a few hours with my kids in the afternoon, making sure they feel seen and heard. It's more important to me that they are fed and the laundry can wait. So it's it's really figuring out where you are okay with that. Like, what is your line? What, what is the line that you need to get to where you're good with what's going on? And establish that as like your baseline and then play from there. And that is going to look different for every person. Absolutely. I think a lot of our listeners are creatives and the creative brain I think requires a certain amount of rest and play and just, I I just feel like it's like this ever evolving thing with me specifically. I don't, I don't know if Jen can speak to this at all, but I just feel like I'm always kind of paying attention to what works for me creatively because when your business is tied to what you do creatively then you like have to fuel that part of yourself like it's it's a part of yourself you have to be like consciously aware of and you have to take care of that part of yourself and here's an example i was in this this group like this personal training group and everybody in the group was buying these walking treadmills for their desks and i was like sounds amazing gonna get my step goal in ordered it on amazon it came and i was like great you know what plug up get the get the computer going here we go start walking i absolutely cannot do that Mm -hmm. cannot walk and create at the same time like Something does not work there. I've tried multiple times. I like asked them, I was like, are you sure guys? Like, are you sure this is working for you? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got 17,000 steps today or whatever. And I'm like, I just, you know, it's just, it's all about kind of figuring out the things that will create that like 
space and that whatever it is for you to bloom, because I just, that just shut me down. It, it absolutely did the opposite. I mean, I don't care about my step goal enough to <laughs> prioritize that over like self care, over like taking care of that side of myself, which is, and, and I know that sounds like clashing things, but for me, it is right. And, and I just think that like it is all about kind of figuring out those like little things that we can tune into and I'm picturing like the dials on like a <laughs> old radio, right? Something yeah. where we're just like tuning it to kind of figure out like the, those things absolutely wore me out. These things help fuel me and and the balance of course not everything is going to i mean laundry no one wants to do the laundry but let's it's part of life we have to do it but right it, but it's like one of those things where we got to kind of just pay attention to ourselves mm-hmm. and and what is actually working so i love uh, that tuning phrase i'm just going to mm-hmm. pop in and say that like that's way better <laughs> than balance and way better than juggling because that that yeah you're really trying to find that like harmony of all of it i love that i appreciate that i see insert word there's your creative brain there it was (laughs) it finally came to us eventually (laughs) so as we close and our listeners go about their day what is one small action or mindset shift that you would encourage them to try based on our discussion today so the one thing that I always try to tell everybody is, especially for moms with lots of things on their plate, is to shift the focus away from I completed X number of things on my list and really look at how you impacted somebody else today and looking at that positive impact. We've talked a lot about managing the schedules, trying to find balance with everything and A lot of that comes down to like mundane tasks that we're doing, like the laundry every day or cleaning the bottles, all of these. And for me, what really helped was shifting that mindset away of like, oh, I did all of these things and I still felt like I did nothing and shifting it to saying, I did these things and this impacted the people around me in positive ways. Like because I did the laundry today, my children have clean clothes to go to school. Because I did the dishes, we have plates to eat off of or whatever it happens to be, but making that mindset shift to one of impact and focusing on how you were creating that positive impact, that that was it for me. That was the entire game changer that brought me out of that spiral of just negativity and drowning and tiny human, you know, monotony of every day. So I think that's one thing I would say is really just if you can shift that focus on impact. I love that. I, one of my core values is contribution. And so I am always thinking about in what way am I contributing in terms of like, obviously my, my 
most impactful thing that I can do each day is build into my children that will outlast me and to give them my presence in any moment where it's so easy to be distracted, right? By the, the digital world, but just changing that and thinking about it in those ways. That's a really, that's a really great tip. I love that. I actually, this week on my to-do list, instead of writing to-do list, I wrote, this doesn't sound cheesy, but look, I don't care. I'm sharing it with you guys. Okay. I, I wrote things I get to do. Yeah. Because I just kind of felt like sometimes I look at that and I'm like, okay, But the reality is, in a lot of ways, I'm living a dream of having a business I created. I get to work with phenomenal women entrepreneurs every single day. I get to have conversations like this. And the reality is, it's like, this is happening now in my life, like not in a future state. And it's cool to absorb that and like actually experience it and not just the task of it. Right. So thank you for sharing that. That was beautiful. We will definitely take that with us. One other thing that would probably really tie in well to how you shifted your get to do list. I always end my day with a journaling and it is, that's the primary focus of it. So we look at what did I do today? How did that impact the people around me? And what does that say about me as a person? And it, that was literal game changer. It shifts everything. Absolutely beautiful. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for being here today. I know our listeners would love to find you online. Can you share just like where they can find you on social media, your website, whatever we can direct them to? Best place to find me is on Instagram. It's where I love to hang out. It's at the.rachel.newman. And my website is the same, therachelnewman.com. Perfect. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. And today on the Creative Collective Podcast, I hope that you have learned something new. And it's my hope, it's our hope today that you would take some time and reflect on what you've learned. And so would love to challenge you right now to take a second and write down, jot down something that you'll do differently from here on out, something you learned. And I ask you to write it down because a lot of times for me, that's where my mind connects with everything else. And it just helps me solidify it. Also, we have a Facebook group. We would love for you to check it out. It's Creative Collective and go see what's up in there. Uh, We're loving the conversation in there. Would love to have you there. Uh, Thank you guys so much. And we will see you next time. Thank you.